0: Hi there, my friends, and welcome to the Brent Poland Podcast with me, Brent, where I get to have a discussion, debate, internal thoughts about the human condition, meaning of life, past, the present, and the future, and generally, whatever takes my fancy. Hi there, my friends, and welcome to this edition of Brent Poland's Podcast with me, Brent. Today is a a tough podcast for me to do but I'm going to broach a subject of which I will probably come back to on numerous occasions and that's this idea of identity, race, culture and, and my line for today is it's okay to be different and as some of you parents might recognize that statement and you might realize I'm, I'm, I'm heading towards uh, a quite a famous little book um, produced by an American and it's a series of books and it's, it's by Todd Parr and it's, it's a lovely book. It's got very well illustrated. It's quite fun. And it's got like little interesting um, sort of statements in it. Like it's it's okay to have a different nose and it shows you an elephant with pink elephant with a long nose. But hidden in this is some absolute gems. We have, you know, a guide dog and and it's okay to ask for some help. And we have a person needing a guide dog. We have, it's okay to be a different color. And we too see a zebra and a horse and the zebra uh, and, the, and the horse is, is a multicolored horse. It's okay to have know her we see it's okay to have wheels and we see a person in a wheelchair we see it's okay to be small medium large and extra large uh we it's okay to wear glasses it's okay to talk about your feelings it's okay to be from a different place and we see like an alien from a different planet Uh, it's okay to say no to bad things and we see two fishies uh, avoiding um avoiding a, a, a line. Uh, we see it's it's okay to come in last. Now, this is the one I disagree with in this book and I make no bones about it. I'm a very competitive person. I love playing sport. I love playing my games and computer games and uh, and I'm going to have trouble with this as a parent. I have this trouble um, a lot with the students I teach when they, it comes to sports day and I'm a tutor and I want my tu- tutor group to win and I'm terrible. And I'm so terrible and, and and they're not winning and I'm I'm literally like that dad that you have the soccer dad on the sidelines i'm terrible I've, I've refereed youth football games and i'm sorry i i will admit that um i have brothers i, I grew up in a very competitive household and um i don't like losing <laughs> uh, so winning is important so i'm trying to encourage my children not to go for the winning but to take part um i said i'm trying because i have regression um <laughs> I think a lot of people do it's okay to be proud of yourself it's uh it's okay to have two different moms and we see a picture of two moms and it's okay to have different dads we see a picture of two dads it's okay to be adopted we see a kangaroo and in its pouch we see a little puppy it's okay to do something nice for people it's okay to and this is what's really cool we can see it's okay to have different kinds of friends and we see all different types of friends. And this is a book that's that's for children. And, and his last message is, it's 20, 20 years old, this book. It's okay to be different. You're special and important just because of being who you are. Love, Todd. And it's he's got a whole series of books, which are absolutely brilliant. You know, Reading Makes You Good, The Peace Book, The Feelings Book. It's way ahead of its time, and it's a beautiful, beautiful book. And it inspired me to, to think about this podcast. But the second thing that's Made me think about this. This issue is quite sombre, and and that is the Holocaust and and Holocaust Memorial Week. And every year, as a history teacher, I I always do the Holocaust Memorial Day sort of um, commemoration. And every year, I come up with a new sort of take on it. And so do the Holocaust Memorial Museum, um, which is a fantastic resource and a fantastic. Um, organization which produce fantastic resources and i'm proud to be the head of a history department that does teach it but then again every every history department in the country is legally bound to make sure that they do but i spent a long time teaching about the, the just the holocaust but i look at the other genocides as well i try to do my best to look at the whole package not just from the point of view from the jewish holocaust but actually looking at the wider holocaust and one of the things I always do is I separate the children out into 30 individuals and I have 30 in a class and then I line them all up and I have um, 11 million victims of the Holocaust, 6 million Jewish people and then the 5 million others and what I then do is I go down the line of children and I make about 17 or 18 of them um, Jewish and they've no problem with that, they'll just, you know, go Jewish, Jewish, Jewish and they'll look at me funny and go, well, okay, then I'll I'll get into the, the other different victims. You know, I'll then say, you know, you're a Polish political prisoner, you're a communist, you're a socialist, you're a trade unionist, you're a Catholic clergy, you're a Jehovah's Witness. And again, quite benignly, they're not really bothered. They don't understand who half those groups are. But it comes to three individual groups then. And I always pick the naughtiest boy for this. Usually it is the naughtiest child in class, usually it's the naughtiest boy. And... I'll go right, gay, and you want to see the first reaction of? I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not, no, no. And they, say, no, that's it. They don't want to be. No, no. They don't. They don't want the tagline of that. No, 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 no. They, they go completely mental at that. And then I go to the next child, and I'll go gypsy, traveller, Santini, Romy, and same again. And There's a whole whoa, no, 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 not me. No, no, no. I don't want to be that and then i go later on and another child and say disabled and again you get the reaction no no i don't want that and i do that on purpose to show that as much as in some ways our children and don't have the same levels anti-semitism or the understanding of things like anti-semitism which is which is which is good which is really really it's progress But at the same time, there are still groups in our society who were targeted for extermination in the Holocaust, who are still discriminated against, who still have the same stigma, who still suffer. And and I remember, I remember 2005 general election that one of the major political parties was actually going to do something about travellers, and they were using the hatred towards travellers to win votes in certain marginal seats. And I cannot, I, I can't, I can't even come to think that how that was acceptable. But then, of course it is, because we've seen migrants being targeted recently. We, we've seen an increase in, in, in fascist undertones a, across the Western world. And, and that, in essence, you know, it, it fits with a lot of what people say in history, that a genocide doesn't necessarily have to be fully completed before it is a genocide. That, you know, there have been many examples of genocide apart from the Holocaust. And, and I know we all know about You know Cambodia. I watched The Killing Fields as a child. It was seminal for me. Roland Joffe's fantastic movie about you know Dith Pran, and it still moves me to this day. My parents, I mean, seriously, talk about you know influencing you when you're young. But I must have been about six or seven years old and watching watching The Killing Fields. I never forget the very end of The Killing Fields with the John Lennon song comes on and it's it's one of my father's favourite songs, I still love the words of that, it's such a hippie song, you know, imagine all the people living life in peace I cannot watch that movie that last five minutes just and I do show this to children in school I do show them, Hotel Rwanda excerpts of Hotel Rwanda, I remember the Rwandan genocide happening and I remember being so deeply frustrated so deeply frustrated that the world sat in its hands for a hundred days, I've seen the interviews of the Canadian general and I've seen him racked with absolute guilt, destroyed. The UN general who was there and they ordered him to stand down. Oh dear God, they had to watch it. Hundred days, million people, and the West stood by. Even the French were, were apparently complicit in it because they helped supply the Rwandan government in killing their own citizens. And then, for me, Bosnia. Bosnia was. Bosnia was, as a young person watching what was happening in Bosnia, I was very politically aware. And it was heartbreaking, you know, those concentration camps. And Srebrenica. Srebrenica, somehow, it it always stood out in my mind what happened in Srebrenica, the the shelling of the, the hospital. And again, the world sat in its hands. And by a twist of fate, I visited Auschwitz in 2005. And as a history teacher and historian, I've always studied it. I studied it all the way through university. I studied it from a point of view of the politicisation of Auschwitz and the claiming of the space and and this idea of its identity. Is it Polish space? Is it Catholic space? Is it it Jewish space? Is it international space? This idea, the battle for the identity and the soul of who owns Auschwitz and whose place of remembrance it is, is, it is quite controversial. And I was there with a Bosnian... Survivor of Srebrenica a young girl and she took me around Auschwitz and I am not ashamed to admit that I broke down like a child when I hit the room and I hit the room where the shoes were stored and I hit the room where the shoes were stored and I saw a little pair of red PVC shoes all the other shoes were leather and they were just you know they were disintegrated you know it's been 70 odd years since, since then but it's a little bit red pair of shoes and I just that's it I just went it was a child's pair of shoes. And it's until you see those items, and for different people it's different things, it's until you see those items, the glasses, the pots of pans, the, the, the suitcases with people's destinations on them, then you see the items made from, from human skin and hair. And it's... But what made it more powerful for me was to be taken around by a person who'd survived Srebrenica. And of course I could... Discuss with her some of the issues that I had growing up. And my friend, who was also from the same town as me, we had growing up with terrorism and and, and the the conflict in Northern Ireland. (laughs) But there was no comparison. There's no comparison whatsoever. I could only touch the surface of what that that young girl went through. And and the the scale of Auschwitz is just... Until you've been there. Um, My parents have since been... And, and they would confirm that. And I would I would advocate that every child in this country, every single child should be sent at some stage to visit that. And they do, at A-level, at the college, they do fund places for uh, older children to go. And I've, I've often said to the children I teach, when you get to your next destination, you get to your A-levels and you get to your college, ask them about the program of going out to see the gas chambers, to witness, to, to literally go to the, the museum, and it is, I would say to you, my listeners too, it, it, it just, you cannot come back from there and just ignore. It is that seminal. It is that important. And, and so is the Holocaust. Now, one of the problems I had when I was there, and I still struggle with this, is I have I had the horriblest feeling that the Nazis had won. I had the horriblest, nastiest feeling that although we defeated, we defeated the fascists and, and, and we defeated them and I don't just mention the Nazis I mention the crimes of Europe because because the Holocaust was committed by more than just the Nazis it was committed by Hungarian government who sent their Jews there it was committed and their gypsies there it was, it was committed by every single country in Europe who complicitly helped and even even in the Channel Islands Jewish people were sent and remember this as well We rejected, Britain rejected, Jewish children. If it wasn't for Nicholas Winton taking in and going out out of his way to try and help, beg, steal and borrow to bring children to this country and to to help them. Our government, the Daily Mail, the right-wing press didn't want Jewish people. There was the Battle of Cable Street when the dockers, the the working-class dockers of London had to defend the Jews. The blacks and the Irish stood side by side, defending Defending people against the black shirts and the establishment of this country. Who were very, very much in the same place, some of them, as where the Nazis were. It's always easy to point the finger at Hitler and the Nazi regime and forget that the Holocaust was a crime committed on many people, by many people. And I spent a long long time of my historical career researching. And the more I research on, on the Holocaust, the deeper I go the more horrible it gets into the darkest part of the human soul and the hatred. But I can't help feeling that they won because when I was there at Auschwitz, all international people were there from all around the world, all of humanity, because it was a museum and it attracts people from all around the world. But there was only one group of people that I could mark out as different. There's only one group of people that I could mark out, that I could identify and that was a troop of young Jewish children from Israel who were wearing Star of David jumpers with Israeli flags. And I am not an anti-Semite in any way whatsoever. I really, I have no strong opinion on Israel apart from I have a deep sympathy for all victims of genocides. I don't like to rank people because as far as I'm concerned, people dying is people dying. I, I, I don't go down that route. A human being is a human being to me, and I, be- I so believe that. I really so believe that. That's why I do every victim of the Holocaust, 11 million people. And why I try as my best to look at as many of the genocides as possible, from Armenia to my own people, to the American indigenous peoples as well, to what happened in Africa. I try to look at the whole lot. You know, as... <sighs> we We've had so many examples that aren't even considered genocides, but they are genocides there's There's ones going on at the moment in 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 Darfur being going on for years. I mean, is British Brutus Scally, the former u n uh, Secretary General says, you know, genocide in Africa not received the same attention as other parts of the world. We've got genocides going on with the Rohingya Muslims at the moment, um, which the uh, LBC presenter najib Naj- uh, Naswaz is, is obviously uh, does tend to go on about but he's one of the only very few people actually bringing this to the attention of the country and yet there's so many of these these genocides have gone on internally within countries. You could consider what goes on in North Korea, the way he treats his people. There's been so many examples, and I don't like the hierarchy of death, of of picking out where one group of people say that they've been... You know, there's no monopoly on this. But that really struck me when I went to Auschwitz that the only group of people that I could identify as, as being victims were still people with Israeli flags. And I was there with a group of international people, and I was quite upset by that because i i thought hitler's got what he wanted before world war ii you could not pick out jewish people in, in poland or germany they were fully integrated into german and polish society he finally got what he wanted he was able to segregate groups of people and pull them out and put them in boxes and you see that's this eight stages of genocide that is one of the stages of genocide is, is to identify groups of people then you discriminate against them and you have countries like United States of America who had policies, you know, genetic policies against new black people, which you could say had genocidal tendencies. But unlike the Holocaust, they didn't go down the mass organisational route, which makes the Holocaust quite uniquely different as the way it was organised. But that's not to say that there weren't elements of what happened in the genocide, in apartheid in South Africa, in what had happened to myself, and certainly there are stages of it, of which... I mean, the Holocaust is one of the perfectly encapsulated, so were the killing fields. So it was Rwanda, organised, systematic. And of course, what's amazing about Rwanda, and what breaks my heart about the uh, Ice of Auschwitz, is the reconciliation in Rwanda, um, a country that is putting itself back together and, and, and reconciling itself with its restorative justice, the same as Mandela in South Africa, and, and what, of which Desmond Tutu is part of, and we're trying to heal in, in parts of Ireland as well. And, and certainly... The healing can only start when there is an admission of what went wrong and that's why you have for instance still to this day turkey and armenia you still have issues where you have the kardashians for instance who are an armenian family who were taught you know with a very early age about th- their background and how the armenian genocide whether you know their parents taught them that oral history and 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 certainly that is what's it is important that we have oral history it's important that we recognize what happened to our ancestors but we can't also live in the past but equally, we should always recognise that there is no monopoly on suffering. Um, as Mary Angelou who says, "How segregation shaped her, but education liberated her." That's why I do what I do. I don't want people tied to the past and the sins of the past and and feeling guilt. German children should not feel guilty for what their ancestors did, but they should learn it, and they do learn about it, so it doesn't happen again. It's this complicitly, this complacency that you get within the West that just throws it all at one group of people and says you did this well that's not necessarily true the door is still open and the door is still open within all parts of the world i mean you've got tibet and the dalai lama how the tibetan people have been treated you could take any country in the world and and the history of mankind seems to be the history of unfortunately people being picked upon because they're different and and when you think about it that those differences sometimes come down to as (laughs) The American Anthropological Association sort of suggests at the end of the day that everybody's interbred, that we're all continually sharing our DNA. And and certainly when I've checked out my father's and my mother's DNA, I have so much of the wor- the rest of the world in me. Um, so much, and so does everybody. We all are all the same race. We're all part of the human race. Uh, Barack Obama said that, and he says, you know, I'm, my name's Obama, where do I belong? He's got Irish ancestry. You know, he's got Irish ancestry. You know, and that's that's amazing. Because everybody's, you know, he called himself a mutt because he says, you know, at the end of the day he he's got so many Kenyan Irish and you know, it's 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 just what is he? You know, Hawaii and how do you quantify him? Um it's 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 amazing when you think about how people divide us, but then again, we are not divided. And even when we are, um Bryson, Bill Bryson makes an interesting quote about um, race is one, one millimeter deep. Uh, attending the section of course, Bryson quotes a surgeon who pulls back a, a, a minuscule layer of skin and says, "That's all that race is—a sliver of epidermis." As we spread across the world, world, some people are thought to have evolved lighter skin in order to glean more vitamin D from weaker sunlight. Throughout human history, people have depigmatized and repigmatized to suit their environment some skin colour is an adaptation to our skin's need to acquire vitamin d it's an adaptation a darwinian adaptation of the most minuscule, tiny layer of skin and millions of deaths and to this day happen because somebody has a slightly darker pigment in their skin which is an adaptation to their environment around them it's just it's just wrong. It's just so, 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 so wrong. I mean, I've lived in America myself. I, I worked in a, in a casino in Atlantic City and, and certainly I, I experienced myself both sides of, of racism when somebody looked at me and, and judged me for being a white person and then somebody looked at me the opposite and says, well, I must be one of them. I must share their views. And I hate that. I hate when people put you in a category in a box. I hate when people do that. I mean, I, I really can't stand it whatsoever because I don't think it's fair, I don't think it's right. Um, John LeCary, the Kerry, the author says, "'Victims never forget, but winners do, and very quickly.'" And, and that happened a lot after World War Two. That happened a lot with the Allied nations. You could could suggest what happened in Vietnam was a genocide. You could suggest what 1955 to 1960-odd, you had, you know, <laughs> the likes of Churchill opening concentration camps for the Mao Mao in Kenya. You know, Germany has never forgotten, because many in Germany were victims of the Holocaust. First, you know they were. Um, Dal Tamara Koch says the only race you have to run is with yourself. She's a poet. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic quote on on that. Abraham Lincoln, in his own letter, says, "As a nation, we began declaring all men were created equal. We were now practically reading all men are created equal except Negroes." He said. When we know nothings get, get control, it will le- re- read all men are created equal except Negroes, foreigners and Catholics. What's interesting is how far America's come. And I know it has not come far enough, but there is not a Catholic in the White House. That wouldn't, have happened in, in, that wouldn't have happened in Lincoln's time. I mean, I love what King says about, I have a dream that my four little children will one day I live in a nation not be judged by the colour of the skin, but the content of their character. I take great joy in playing the 17 and a half minutes of what he says, Dr. King, two children for the first time. And when you play Martin Luther King to people who think they know him and then you play his speech for the first time and you see what he says for the first time on ears that have never heard the man speak, it's beautiful, especially that part. And I play that part two or three times. Because that's how I see the children I teach. I judge them by the content of their character. Not the colour of their skin. Not how much money is in their bank account. Not who their parent's name is. Not their accent. Nothing else. I judge them by the person they are. The content of their character. That's just... That's it. That is got to be it. That has to be it. And it goes the same. Not just for race. It goes for gender that goes for ability that goes for sexuality it goes for all of those things that people should not be judged i am always judged because i'm irish and i do it just it just annoys me it really annoys my identifier it's my box it's it's what i am it's my you know it's like just it's like my superpower you know what i mean this guy does fireballs yeah he's irish you know what i mean it's just it's not defines me it doesn't define me and it should never define me. I think Morgan Freeman said that recently when somebody says, you know, do you want black history to be taught in America? He says, no, I don't want black history, but I want all history to be taught. I want to be taught at all times, not just a specific month of the year. And that's important because then you turn around and say, we, we, you're ticking a box. It's, it's, get away from the colour. Get away from the identity. Get away from identity politics. People are a people. Stop identifying Start boxing them. Stop t- identifying them by... Something which which makes them different. Yes, so what? They're different. So what? They have a slightly different way of doing things. So what? Because where that ultimately leads to is genocide. The end result of racism is genocide. The end result, that's where it goes. That's its final logical outcome. Again, Dr. King said that. Islamic proverb states, a lot of different flowers make a bouquet. (laughs) A lot of different flowers make a bouquet. I mean, that's that, that's what we want for. That's what we really need. We need differences celebrated. A man who views the world the same at 50, as he did at 20, wasted 30 years of his life. I've changed. My experience is going to Auschwitz, being an educator, being a historian. Constant contact with children, constantly checking myself. I was raised quite in a, in a, in a very strict Catholic background. It's not that I've rejected some of that, quite the opposite, it's still there, but I've come to accept differences. I've come to, and I hate the word tolerate, because tolerate kind of like means, oh yeah, I, I'm going to put up with that. No, I don't tolerate people any longer, I celebrate them. I have no problem with people's sexuality. I have no problem with people's life choices. I don't judge people, stop judging people, stop boxing them. I don't always have to agree with them. I don't have to endorse what they do and say, hey, you know what, I don't have to get a sign and say, yeah, I, I, no, but I don't judge them. I don't judge people for having different lifestyles and making different choices. It's not my job. Who am I to judge them? Who are they to judge me? That's the problem, isn't it? And I don't tolerate people. I'll have to put up with them. I can encourage them. I can I can celebrate them. I can have a laugh at them. I mean, that's why I love good comedy sometimes because we can have a great good laugh. Good comedy takes the complete mickey out of everybody and doesn't feel offended by it that's why we should have always freedom of speech as well that people are free without offense to say within reason but the difference is it's when people set out to offend somebody it may not surprise you to know the most offensive thing ever to be said to me in my life was when somebody called me a stupid Irish party yeah that was it that was the most offensive thing that somebody has said to me do you want to know why because they played into the stereotype of the stupid Irishman. It's the fact that they were just stereotyping me because of my background and I have no choice in that. It's an accident of my birth. I had no control as a person of where I was born and how I was born. That was outside my control. What I do have control over is the content of my character, who that I am, the person I am, how I raise my children, the job that I do, the education level I aspire to. That I will be judged on but to call me stupid as well. I dedicated my life to try and be a person who learns more and does more and evolves. And the person that said it to me was, well, I'll be honest with you, not a very progressive individual. Cases of genocide are carried out as policy may be found in historical documents as well as the oral histories of indigenous communities the world over. Roxanne dunbar ortiz historian, has said that. Michael Moore, the quite famous filmmaker, said, I hate to say it, but killing is in our way. We began America with genocide. Then we built it with slaves. The shootings won't continue. It's who we are, but hatred's still there. Noam Chomsky, we name our military helicopters after gunships and victims of genocide. Nobody bats an eyelash about Black Hawk, Apache and Comanche. They're all names of helicopters. But if the Luftwaffe named its military helicopters Jew and Gypsy, I suppose people would notice. Whoa. That's, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? I've often said that to people about the American indigenous natives and first, first peoples of America. For me, who were systematically wiped out from, from the Spanish, from the Europeans, from an historical point of view, from the, Amer- from, from the settlers who went over there. And you could imagine watching the old nineteen fifties cowboys movies and watching those old cowboys movies that have the cowboys as the good guys and the Indians as the bad guys, right? Well, for me, I always saw that as you could imagine having movies where you have German versus Jew. And as a kid, you wanted to be the cowboy, not the Indian. Okay, you wanted to be the Jewish German person, to killing the Jewish person. It's funny how history remembers that, isn't it? Funny how how, and that's interpretation, isn't it? How it changes over time, and that does in some ways start to change, but there's always a group of people who don't want that to change, that interpretation to change, because that's what they've been always told. That's that's their version of the world, and, and that, when it's challenged, leads to this culture wars we keep hearing about. Because people aren't listening to each other, they're not understanding the pain, they're not understanding the pain, and it's only when people understand the pain that others have been through can they heal as they have done in places like Rwanda, parts of Ireland, South Africa, because they've reconciled themselves. They have reconciled themselves. They have, they've come to terms with what happened. And Germany itself. Since 1945, Germany has been a very progressive nation. Yes, there are a small minority of individuals in Germany who are right, far right, absolutely. But as a country, I cannot say that Germany in the last 70, 80 years has not been a model citizen. I last leave you with this from Frank Borman, retired NASA astronaut. When you finally are up on the moon, looking back at the earth, all of these differences and nationalistic traits are pretty well going to blend in. And you're going to get a concept that maybe this is really one world. And why the hell we learn, can't learn to live together like decent people? And that's from a man looking down on the planet from space, wondering why a little species down there it's fighting over the most minuscule, small DNA differences and small lifetime lifestyle differences. When you actually think of it from that point of view, it is unnecessary. And what a waste of our energy, what a waste of our species, what a waste of our potential, what a waste of our future. And certainly I will work hard to make sure our next generation try not to make the same mistakes. And try not to fall for those traps that are there. They're all there. Thanks for listening, my friends. Thanks for listening, my friends. And if you enjoyed what you heard, then please like, share and subscribe. And any feedback that you can give me would be more than appreciated. <laughs> Teachers love feedback. You can find me on Twitter at BrentPoland1. You can find me on YouTube at BrentPoland1. Funny enough, Instagram, my account is BrentPoland1. However, my Facebook is my local Arrowwash Green Party. And that is Erewars Green on Facebook. Thank you again, my friends.